I have I have a joke for you, Adeline. Oh, is it twisted and skewed humor? <laughs> knock knock. Yeah, you had to look. You had to look. You had to look at that. You looked at it. <laughs> oh wait, I shouldn't have started with knock knock. I got my jokes confused. Hold on. <clears throat> what do you get when you cross an underdeveloped podcast premise with two white people who are not as smart as they think they are? I don't know. You get what you fucking deserve. It's this podcast <laughs> and then that my you're brain about to explodes. listen to. Yeah, and then you get blasted with bad podcast. <laughs> it's, just, it's like that scene in Back to the Future where he puts the headphones on his dad. It's like that. <laughs> but it's on live television, and the world will never be the same. I know that was a big goof, but can we just talk about how raw that line is? Just like, oh. I, yeah, God, that's maybe my least favorite part of the whole movie is Are what he says sh- there. Oh, I thought that was dope as hell. Are you serious? Oh, wait, what he says when you cross a mentally ill owner with a... With a society world, a that society abandons that- him, and he says you get what you fucking deserve, and then he shoots him in right. the face on live television. That's great. <laughs> what are you talking about? I just don't like. I just don't like that he. It's like so so blunt, you know. But I, don't I know. think I. I don't know. That's what I like about it. I really think right. that's like that's. Well, I mean, we're here at like the edge of his whole sanity, and for right. him to just be really fucking blunt about it, I think is like yeah. totally on the nose. Right. So you sound like you're you're into this movie. I'm very into this movie. I thought that I wouldn't be, but I'm very into it. Right. See, I'm. I think I'm I think I will it. be less into it if I watch it again. It's like uh, that's it's, kind of my experience. Yeah, it's like Infinity War. Like, not Infinity War. What's the second one? Endgame. Endgame. It's like Endgame. The first time you're like super into it because it's all new information, but then the second time you watch it, then you're just waiting for the good parts to happen, and then you realize that the good parts <laughs> right. are like an hour into the movie, and you're like, oh, whoops. Yeah, because I think I think it's fair to say that both of us sort of went into this movie the first time we saw it, kind of expecting not to like it, you know? I didn't expect not to like it. I expected it to go too far and to make me uncomfortable. <laughs> right. And I was very surprised that it didn't go that far. And there were the only times that I was, like, really uncomfortable were times when it was cool that I was uncomfortable. Like, I wasn't uncomfortable because there was a sex scene or because of a gory scene. I was uncomfortable just looking at the Joker because of how unhealthy he was. Like, that was cool. That's when I wanted to be uncomfortable, you know? Right. So, yeah, because the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, everybody hates this, and they think it's really... I mean, obviously not everybody hates this because it won fucking two Golden Globes. Yeah, (laughs) everyone Um, hates this. But, like, I don't know, it's it's one of those weird things where it's like, oh, yeah, like, the general cultural consensus is, like, pro-Joker, but, like, anybody you talk to in your real life is like, oh, I didn't really like it, I thought it was kind of bad. So it's like, what really even is anything, you <laughs> Did know? Did we all watch the same movie? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Is but, this Clue um, again? But, yeah, but, like, you know, especially in, like, the, the film critics that I follow, there was, like, an overwhelmingly negative response to this movie, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I'm still going to see it. I especially was going to see it because I wrote a review of it for my school newspaper, which I may or may not link to in this description because right. it's probably my favorite thing I've written in a really long time, and I'm very proud of this review. But um, I was sort of expecting to be like, oh, this movie's going to suck and I'm going to hate it. 
but I'm gonna have to um, deal with I, people talking about the Joker for the rest of my life. <laughs> right. But yeah, but then I was really impressed when I actually saw it. The thing about it is that like just on a moment to moment dramatic basis, it's incredible, right? Oh yeah. Like it's gorgeous and suspenseful and you're really like there with the character and you kind of get where he's at and you're like oh, yeah. seeing everything happen and you're like fully invested in it, you know? I just think- in terms of like this guy and what's going to happen? Like, what's he going to do? Yeah. I think the best example of that is that first time that we see him. Like, I think it's after he gets beaten up. He's, like, getting home from work. And we see his commute home through just, like, the total trash of Gotham. And you just right. see all the shit he has to put up to. And then you get to that shot where he's at the bottom of the of those huge staircase. And it's just him looking up at that staircase. And I was like, oh, <laughs> dog. <laughs> this guy is so emotionally done, and now he has to walk up that staircase. Like, it's, oh, it's right. such a good shot. Right. But, yeah, but but my follow-up to that was that if you, if you, like, think about this movie and, like, how it relates to reality or, like, what they're trying to say or what it's trying to get across, I have just always, always been disappointed when I try to examine it any further than, like, oh, it's really cool and I'm enjoying what I'm seeing right now, you yeah. know? And I mean, I think that gets into the conversation of, like, what what does a movie have to do to be a good movie? Like, right. I feel like sometimes when we're talking about movies, like, in order to be a good movie, it has to be, like, a work of art and it has to have a strong message. And sometimes good movies do have those things, but I also think sometimes good movies are just enjoyable. And I feel right. like... There's kind of, like, a ranking system that's associated with movies and, like, when you could talk about, like, how good they are. It's, like, when you talk about your favorite movies, you could be like, oh, I like The Godfather. And I also like, I don't know, 151st States. And it's, like, it's... The the first thing (laughs) would be, like, well, The Godfather's a good movie and 100 whatever is a bad movie just because The Godfather is The Godfather and it had this huge presence in the world and was about guns and whatever. And then that was a stupid comedy, so who gives a shit? But it's like, sometimes a good movie just has to be enjoyable, and it has to make cool decisions. Like, right. I think, I was just talking to my friends about Batman movies, because I just told them that I watched The Joker. And my friend was like, the Batman movies are really good, except for Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. I was like, no, those movies are great, because they make such strong decisions, and are so stylized, <laughs> and are so colorful, and are so ridiculous, and so stupid. That's why those films are so good. Like... Right. It's like it's a bad movie just because it's like not on the same level or something. I think that's stupid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, but the thing about this movie particularly, though, yes. is that it's it's trying to be very, very deep. That's also it's true. Trying. <laughs> my favorite, the headline on Glenn Weldon's review of this movie was um, the Joker has nothing to say. And it says it very, very loudly, which I think is perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because, like, okay, so my biggest beef with this movie is basically just how inactive the protagonist is for almost all of it, right? Like, up until the third act. He's just a victim of everything. And most of the movie is just you watching bad things happen to this guy, right? Mm -hmm. And... Joaquin is so good in it, and he's just, and he makes you feel it and believe it and really empathize with this guy who's just had to put up with so much garbage his whole life and just never can catch a break. Mm -hmm. But it's still frustrating because it's just like, 
what is this? And there's so much tied up in the fact that it's the Joker also, who's like yeah. notoriously bad guy and serial killer, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like the decision to make him a guy who seems to just sort of become the Joker through unfortunate circumstances and no real fault of his own, yeah. you know? It's like, I don't know how I feel about that. Like. I- I was listening to part, I don't know what it was. I think it was on NPR, but I was just in the car and I heard it out of the corner of my ear. So, but it was the director of this movie and he was talking about how the premise was trying to tell the story of the Joker in the most realistic setting that they could make while still letting it be the Joker. And Mm -hmm. I think that, I think that's part of it. I think another part of it is that when you, when you sign up to make this grisly serial killer, the protagonist, and you have to explain why he does what he does. It, we kind of talked about this already. Like, there is a little bit of a pressure to, like, completely understand what he's doing and why he's doing it. But without completely sympathizing. Because right. he's doing <clears throat> terrible things. But, like, I think what I like about this movie... I What you said that you didn't like is kind of what I liked. I liked that all of the movie was just, like, the worst shit happening to him just all the time. And, like, right. it's just how it just all piles up. It's every fucking day, and it all piles up. And you already know that he's got mental health problems. So, like, it's already a fuse burning. And mm-hmm. you already know he's the Joker, because the movie's called Joker, and you live in the world, and you know it's the Joker. <laughs> and, and, like, you live in a society. And you live in a society. So you can see the fuse <laughs> burning already, and you're just waiting right. for the bomb to go off. So I just love... I, I'm sure I won't love it as much the second time that I watch it, but the first time watching it, just, like, having that, like, knowing that that bomb is coming and just watching all this shit happen to him. You're like, all of this terrible, terrible shit. Like, what is it that's going to turn him into the Joker? Because, like, any of these things so far could have done it. So it's kind of just, like, <laughs> right. waiting for what sets the bomb off, you know? Right. Here's, here's what I have to say. Um, one of the big discussion points around this movie are the fact that it is... So, 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 like, derivative of um, Taxi Driver and King of Comedy, specifically, these two Scorsese movies. Um, You haven't seen either, have you? I have not seen either of these films. Okay. So, believe me when I say that, like, literally, (laughs) like, if you just took those two movies and, like, smushed them together, like, this is exactly what you would get. So, Taxi Driver is about this guy who's just this, like, angry, presumably like just downtrodden guy who's just this like horrible angry person who he drives a taxi mm-hmm. um and he falls in love with this woman who's running a presidential campaign um and this is I'm just going to explain the plot of Taxi Driver that's fine. um so spoiler alert for Taxi Driver which came out 40 years ago yeah um, <laughs> But so, and he's this guy and he's racist and he's always talking about how he hates sex workers and how black people are ruining New York and all this kind of stuff. And you're like, oh, fuck, who is this guy? And he falls in love with this woman who's on a presidential campaign and she um, rejects him and she says, I don't want to be with you. I don't want any part of you and your whole thing. Um, And so then afterwards, because he's just outraged. He decides he's going to try to assassinate the presidential campaign that she was working for mm-hmm. just to kind of, like, get back at her. Um, but then he, he tries to do that and he gets foiled. It doesn't work. 
Um, he doesn't get caught, but he gets like turned away, and you know it, they foil his assassination He's attempt. Able to assassinate the president, yeah. Right, and so he just still has this gun, and he there's sort of a B plot where he's like sort of forged this relationship with this like 13 year old prostitute because it's like 70s New York and it's really gritty and everything's yeah. horrible. Um, and so he just takes the gun and he just like goes into this brothel full of like young girls, and he just like shoots up all the adults who, like, are working there and doing it. Just, like, obliterates these horrible people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the end of the movie is, like, all these people, like, on the news and covering it. Like, oh, local hero stops child sex ring. And, like, this wonderful, incredible guy did this great good deed for the people of New York, you know. Mm-hmm. But you just saw this entire movie of him being a piece of shit. And yeah. you're like... <laughs> oh this isn't good this is no good at all and then like the yeah. credits roll and that's the end of the movie and you're like fuck that was no good yeah um, <laughs> well i didn't like it <laughs> yeah um and then te- er, king of comedy is about this guy who's like this socially inept person who wants to be a stand-up comedy uh, comedian mm-hmm. and he um he like idolizes this stand-up or this talk show host on tv and he's constantly getting all on his business um, and it's about him just being super, like, delusional and, like, thinking he has a relationship with this talk show host, mm-hmm. even though they don't know each other, just because he, like, met him and shook his hand this one time. Um, mm-hmm. And he's constantly like, oh, it's it's me. Uh, I don't remember the guy's name. It's me, uh, Travis. Don't you remember? It's me. We met and, you know, we're friends. We're good friends. But he just doesn't. He has no idea. Yeah. Um, and so what happens at the end there is that he uh, he kidnaps him, like, holds him hostage in his house. And then goes on TV uh, during his show, which they, you know, they've gotten, like, their substitute that, you know, what mm-hmm. happens sometimes. His, like, secondhand guy is coming up and it's like, oh, and we've booked this guy. The the host said we should do it. And they literally have the exact same line in The Joker where he's like, oh, and hey, before we, before I go on, could you introduce me as the title of this film? Um, <laughs> so that's, like, straight out of there. Um I mean, and so anyway, he goes on and he does this set about how he's like, oh, and I kidnapped, I kidnapped the talk show host. He's tied up in my basement right now. And the audience is just like laughing because they don't understand that he's telling the truth. Um, But anyway, then he goes to jail at the end. But then once he gets out of jail, like 10 years later or whatever, um, he becomes a successful comedian because everybody knows who he is already. (laughs) (laughs) And this is just a movie about the power of name recognition and nothing else. (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. Um, and cause that's like sort of the thematic idea of the movie is the way people interact with celebrity, you yeah, know, yeah. anyway. Um, but, uh, I am explaining all this to you so I can make the point I was trying to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is that taxi driver, which is this movie about this guy who's doing these horrible things. You, you see him become evil. He was already kind of evil, but like do these evil things because you see him make evil decisions right Mm -hmm. he's not especially oppressed i mean he is a little bit because he's just like a a a socially inept person yeah um but you see him make awful decisions really deliberately right um as opposed to something like this where he's just sort of being so reactionary to everything He's not, like, planning things out and making decisions a lot of the time. He's just reacting to all these horrible things that happen to him. It's a little bit less less explicit about his his morality, you know? Mm-hmm. You, don't, you don't see him really be evil. You see him lash out because he's frustrated, you know? Yeah. And I feel like there's a, a, 
a strong difference between those two ideas. Yeah. I think this is a very popular theme, and I think a lot of movies do it. And it, it, we talked about it during Halloween. It's the idea that anybody could be the Joker. And I feel like that's... This movie wants to make that point more than it wants to make a point about the Joker, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it. this movie's basically trying to say something about society at large through the lens of the Joker. But I think because of that, the Joker is a little bit... Is a little... Just a little bit lost because they're trying to say something about society. So yeah, it's not the Joker making these evil decisions. So like, I'm gonna steal a bank and burn all the money. It's just the Joker being I'm like, steal I the am Declaration being attacked of by three men, and I don't want to die, so I'm going to shoot them on the subway. It's like that kind right. of thing. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's that saying that's like there are people in our society with mental illness that feel totally abandoned or just pushed down every single day of their life, and like that anybody could be the Joker kind of right theme like is more important than the actual character of the Joker, you know? Right. And I think you're correct, but I think where this movie goes wrong is that it's so, so broad about everything, right? Also true. It's, yeah, it's just like the the message of this movie just seems to be like, maybe if we um, fixed all our problems in the world, <laughs> everything then, would be maybe, cool. then yeah. maybe bad things wouldn't happen as often. And you're like, oh, fuck, you're so yeah. right, well, Todd. It's, I will, it's, I wanna, <laughs> it's easy to criticize this movie. It's like, it, it should have just chosen, like, one thing that's wrong in society and, like, focused right. on that. But it's true of the real world. If you follow one problem in society and you follow it all the way back, all of the problems kind of lead to the same causes, <laughs> So right. I, I, I get how they got lost in the sauce, because we're lost in the <laughs> yeah. sauce in reality. Like, if they just want to focus on how mentally ill people are treated, like, how they don't get enough help, it's like, well, you get to, like, the social security and, like, that, and, like, benefits and, like, welfare and how that right. gets cut. Oh, why does that get cut? It's because rich people are in charge of the government. It's just, like, I can totally see how, like, all of these issues they wanted to talk about just got, like, snowballed into one big problem. Right. Because yeah. I think that, I think that is true of reality also. <laughs> Um, yeah, but yeah, and it's sort of like, my other thing that I think would have really fixed this movie a lot in my mind Mm. is if they were just specific about what the, like, clown people were protesting about, right? Very true, very true, very true. Because they're just like, things are bad, and there are rich people! Yeah. Like, uh, okay, why did you start rioting, though? Like, what was the inciting incident for this? Two things. One thing, I feel like I was surprised that this movie took place in Gotham. Because to me, Gotham is just such a cartoony fantasy land already. Right. And they do a very good job of making it seem real, but they also do a very bad job. Like, they do a real job in, like, <laughs> setting and set design and, like, what it looks like and the people in it and stuff. It it does it does get too much sometimes. Like, it gets too much, like, New York in the 70s, where it's just like, oh, right. there's garbage everywhere and there's super rats, and it's just like, okay. <laughs> exactly, yeah. This is... It's so, like, comically, like, ridiculously horrible yeah. there. And it's, and it's like the point that it's comically ridiculous but you can't right. do that when you're trying to build the most realistic setting possible like it's just a throwaway line that they make jokes about that there are super rats in gotham it's like <laughs> yeah. what the fuck are we talking about <laughs> and then, yeah secondary i really liked i liked i love that first scene when he's in that crowd of people uh protesting the benefit where they're just 
protesters. You see men and women, you see them all of, like, different ages with, like, signs and the clown makeup, and he's become, like, this rallying point of, like, there's something really wrong in our society and we're protesting it, or the specifics are, it doesn't matter, but, like, there's something wrong and we're using this to rally behind it, and there's this moment of of him, like, kind of having, like, some pride of, like, oh, I made some change in the world. And then comparing Mm. that to the ending, where it's, like, the riots, I... I really like him being more happy in the riots and taking more pride in the riots because that makes sense because it's a joker and he just wants chaos. But right. I don't understand why everybody else is suddenly rioting, you know? Uh-huh. So, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm being very hostile on my end right now just towards this movie when I, like I said at the beginning, I do like it at the end of the day. Yeah. But my my final big point that I think would make the movie a lot better his final speech, I think, when he's at the talk show host and he's talking and, you know, he's asking him these questions and he keeps saying, like, oh, but, you know, here's here's my whole deal. Here's what's been bugging me. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's kind of incongruous to the rest of the movie, right? Because he's had no – the things that he says specifically. Uh, because he's had no – political agenda the entire film right he's just been looking out for himself and doing what's important to him on a moment by moment basis you know Mm -hmm. and it's really implied that like the big riots he doesn't fully understand the whole thing and the interactions he's had with like rich people have been about personal issues that are important to him specifically Mm -hmm. he doesn't care about society really Aside from the way that he interacts with it specifically, you know, mm-hmm. and like the entire movie, it's really specific about the fact that he's not trying to do something in the world. He's just trying to look out for himself. So when he gets up there and he suddenly is is sort of sympathizing with the protesters and using their rhetoric and like taking their side and talking about them, it's like. It there just it seems like there's this weird missing step because you you've never seen him do that or feel that way before. Does that make sense? Yeah, I don't. He doesn't really use their rhetoric though, because they make such a point of like he's like, oh, you're you didn't dress up like this to be political, and he's like, no, this is just because the whole thing is to him. It's become <coughs> political, but like even the whole clown thing was never political to him in the first place. Like, he right, was dressed uh-huh. up as a clown by because it was his job. So now he's dressed up as a clown again. And are they like, is this political? And he's like, no, I just wanted to dress up like a clown. Right. And he doesn't... And it's because I think the protesters are so, like, kind of, like, nonspecific that, like, he doesn't really <laughs> right. use any of their rhetoric. He's just kind of, like, he just kind of just, like, spills his guts. Because his plan is to kill himself on live TV. Right. So he's just like, here's what's fucking bothering me. And now I'm going to shoot myself in the face. But instead, I'm going to shoot you. Like, I don't know. I don't I right. don't think I agree with you. I just, I think that when I've seen of his character, I would have mm-hmm. liked him to say, I hate everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> everybody has been mean to me, without exception, everybody in my life on both sides of this whole thing have been nothing but unkind to me. So, like, fuck all y'all. Um, I love chaos. <laughs> and yeah. then shoot him. Well, I would have been cool with that. He's, But he's he gives such a, like, specific... He says, like, oh, the rich people of Gotham are running the city. And because of that, everybody like me at the bottom is getting downtrodden. 
And you're like, I don't think this character thinks that way, you know? I think he is putting things together that he's never put together before. Like in that moment. I, in that moment, and I think a little bit before that moment too, just mm-hmm. like like as a spiral at the very end, I think he is starting to put together things. I think after he has his confrontation with Thomas Wayne, I think that's when he really starts to like put things together because he has that line where he's like, I just want some common fucking decency, like that kind of thing. I think that's right. when he starts to like put things together. And what I like about this Joker and what kind of messes up the joker a little bit is that he 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 isn't like i hate everybody gets chaos party time now it's right because even if it's through a skewed lens there are people that he likes right like i mean the the best example is the girl who lives down the hall and then there's also like the child on the bus and then there's his midget clown friend whose name i cannot remember right and it, yeah, he has people that he like, like so, like he makes a point of not killing his clown friend because he's like, you're the only one that was fucking nice to me. Skedaddle, get out of here, mm-hmm. get out of here, you crazy son of a gun. Like it's, it. He makes such a point, and I, th- I think I like that better than just it's. I, everyone's been mean to me, so now I just want chaos. Like it's kind of like there are good people in the world. But we live in such a fucked up area that it doesn't even matter. Like, it doesn't matter that right. that guy was nice to me because I still got the shit beat out of me on the subway, you know, like that right, kind of yeah. thing. But yeah, and so I feel like, you know, and it's this movie is a little bit tough because it has the discussion around it has to revolve so much around what it's about and what it's we saying just society. because. Yeah, just because that that is the lens through which it views itself, you know, mm-hmm. that's oh, that's absolutely. sort of the the just in terms of the world we live in, but also the way that the movie sees itself and what it's saying, like it it invites you to really engage with it. And when you do really engage with it, at least for me, you kind of come up short. Um I think that it is be, and cuz a lot of it is you try to figure out like politically what its what its message is mm-hmm. at heart, right? Because on the one hand, you've got like these rich, uh, like you know, sort of urban aristocrats who are like controlling everything and putting everybody down, and obviously the movie doesn't like them. Mm-hmm. But you've also got these violent protesters who are who are starting these riots and who are like being violent and causing chaos in the city. And the movie doesn't really seem to like them very much either. Yeah. And the Joker sort of, like, he sort of ends up siding with the riots at the end. But it is only at the very end of his journey when he's become fully evil, kind of, mm-hmm. you know? So the my my big line in my, um, in my review that I was very proud of mm-hmm. was I wrote that the movie isn't seeming to say that there are good people on both sides more that there are bad ones. Like, yeah. it has a very misanthropic view of, of the, the, the politics and the culture of America at large right now. It mm-hmm. seems like it doesn't like pretty much everybody pretty equally. <laughs> yeah. I think this movie ends up being... Not the kid in, not the guy in your psychology class that won't shut the fuck up, but the kid next to the guy in the, your psychology class <laughs> won't shut the fuck up. It, he's, it's not, 
It's not screaming about political correctness and how the liberals are all idiots. It just has a very basic understanding of what the issues of now are and has like looked at the world and kind of formulated this opinion and put it together and has just got like the they've got the basics. Right. But I expect this movie to have more than the basics, you know? Right. But yeah, I don't know, it's just like, the message is just kind of, I don't know, to me it just feels like, oh, there are rich people and it's, they're bringing everybody down and that's what's wrong with the world. And they're like, yeah, yeah, that's bad. That's no good. Yeah. And there are also these people who are starting riots in the streets and doing damage and setting off bombs and stuff on the opposite side. And you're like, oh, wow, that sucks too. Yeah, I don't like that either. Yeah. It, and then roll credits. Okay, <laughs> you know? We talked about this in my psychology class, where you can't. This, this was the argument for teaching children about psychology in the first place. It was that you can't mm-hmm. just have one psychology class because then you are introduced to all these questions and problems that don't really have answers and right. you don't know what to do with yourself. And you'll, if you don't like have the proper, like if you don't have the proper tools to deal with it, it can be really detrimental to some people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what this, this movie is like one psychology class where you, <laughs> You figured out what the problems are. You see the problems, but you don't. You either don't understand or don't know the tools to fix them because they're right. hard questions and with hard answers, and some a right. lot of them don't even have answers. So it's kind of this movie is posing the problem to you, and it just <laughs> right. and it it's kind of like now you figure it out. Yeah, asshole. posing <laughs> a very vague, very broad <laughs> set of problems to you. Yeah. It, yeah, it's just like one psychology class. It's like, here are all the problems. They're all so convoluted and crazy, and there's no way that we could solve them with a simple answer. So we're not even going to try. Good night. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, if we want to if we want to really get into it scene by scene like we usually do, mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's the, the typical format of this show, um, this is going to be a weird episode, I feel like. Okay. I feel like our tone is very different than it usually is on this one. Um, well, it's it's hard to make goofs about this movie right. because it's a it's it's very sad. Like yeah, not, no, it's just a bummer of a movie. It's not sad in content. It's sad in like the idea of it. Like even if every single moment isn't sad, it's still about this like mentally abused man whose life is falling apart. So it just feels weird to be like, hey, goof, goof, penis baloney. Like it just doesn't it doesn't <laughs> right. fit. But um. I think there is a a mastery of tone in this movie. Oh, absolutely. The, the movie feels so well put together and so self-assured in um in ripping off Martin Scorsese uh-huh, <laughs> that uh-huh. it it is like but it does it very well and it feels consistent and it feels immersive and there's I'm trying to think of a good way to phrase this. It's got a consistency of tone that's really, really satisfying. Mm-hmm. And it's never, you never feel any sense of of whiplash or any sort of incongruity. Nope. Incongruity with what you expect <laughs> to happen and what actually is thrown at you. You're never, you're never taken out of the film for any reason because it's just fully, yeah. it's just fully immersive, you know? And I think the 70s Warner logo at the beginning, which is so cool, is like a great, a great tone setter because it immediately conjures the image of those Scorsese movies that you know already that feel very much like this, you know, and it's it's sort of in a really creative way, like immediately ingratiates you into 
to what you're about to see, you know? Yeah. I th- This movie, like, captures the 70s in a really interesting way. Because it captures the... Se- of course, we're in a fictitious setting. But it, like, captures right. the 70s as, like, this time where everything's really fucked up. So everyone is desperately trying to, like, be nostalgic about the past. Mm-hmm. Just, like, in every way. Because, like, the- it- we're in the 70s. But, like, every time the Joker is, like, watching TV when it's not the Murray show, it's some, like, super old film. When he's listening to music, it's old music. Like, I feel like it, like, perfectly, like, captures the nostalgia of a people in crisis, like, super well. Right. God, this is is just me pulling things out of the movie that I really liked. But it's just, like, he's, he's such a good actor. Every time the Joker, like, has that uncontrollable laugh, and he's like choking and trying to keep it right. back is yeah. so good. No, and yeah. They do such a good job of using it too. Like using it in a real way that a real person would have to deal with in like uncomfortable situations. Like right. when he's on the bus and he just can't stop fucking laughing and you can tell he is so embarrassed or when he gets up on stage and it just like ruins his act. And right. I love that scene when he's on the fucking subway. And those guys are harassing that girl. Because you can see that girl kind of, like, look to him for help. And he can't right. stop fucking laughing. And it's right, so... Yeah. It's so good. No, yeah. And it's it's a, it's a really interesting way. Because they've chosen to take, like, the most iconic aspect of the Joker. Which is that he has this cool laugh. Mm-hmm. And they chose to make it sort of a mechanic of the plot in a certain kind of way, right? Yeah. Like, there are a lot of things that wouldn't wouldn't happen the same way in this movie if it weren't for the the his Joker laugh, you mm-hmm. know? And it's a really interesting way to play it because it's not just an aesthetic choice. Because, mm-hmm. you know, leading up to it, there was so much hype about, oh, what's Joaquin's laugh going to sound like? And they said, like, oh, and he looked at people who have real neurological conditions that make them laugh to to get it and everyone was like oh that sounds like it's gonna be really scary Mm -hmm. but it's like it's not just an aesthetic choice it's like it's an element of the the plot and the story yeah he he's not he's not playing a character with a creepy laugh he is playing a character that has a disorder that forces them to laugh it's like two completely different ideas right um early in the movie i think the opening shot is great about how he's Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. listening listening to the news, and it's just like, oh, everything's bad. There's super rats. Um, ignore ignore <laughs> that we said that. Yeah. I also I also just think it's a little convenient that the big crises they mention are things that couldn't have anything less to do with current events. <laughs> like, yeah. they just made something up to be as, like, I don't know, sort of inoffensive a crisis as possible in the 21st yeah. century. Well, but, you've got, they have, like, what was it? it? Was the trash workers were on strike, so now the garbage right. is being picked up. I was like, I don't know. That feels, that hasn't happened, but, like, that feels, like, talking about, like, workers' rights and stuff like that. Like, that feels relevant. Right. And they were like, also, there's fucking super rats. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> right. uh, yes, a problem we can all relate to. <laughs> yeah. The super rats plaguing America. But, yeah, but it's like he's just listening to the radio being like, oh, everything's bad. It's bad times here in the city. And he's, like, you know, got his fingers in his mouth, like, pulling yeah. his fingers, mouth up into the smile. And it's just, like, it, it really do be like that sometimes. Yeah. That, that <laughs> well, well, yeah, I, I love that chat so much because one is it do be like that sometimes. Uh-huh. And I also, like, like, when, no matter what you're trying to do, like, the idea was to make a Joker movie that wasn't 
uh, wasn't a DC superhero movie to like just make right. a movie about the Joker. And it, even if you're doing that, it's a, you can't produce this movie in a vacuum. Like right. we all know, we all know going in that it's the Joker. So like right. to just start with that shot of him just like forcing himself into the smile is like, oh, we we about to go. Like we just jump <laughs> right into it. It's very right. good. Um. Okay. I hate his serial killer diary. I hate it. <laughs> that is I, my least favorite part of the movie. I I really I like I like it when it's in the meetings with the social worker lady. Right. And I like I don't know. I like it as being like cuz watching a lot of media about comedians and stuff like that. This is a real thing that a lot of comedians have. They have like a joke journal. So uh-huh. it didn't. It didn't seem like it didn't seem like a serial killer thing. It didn't seem like a. It just seemed like something that someone right. trying to be a stand-up comedian would have. And I I do like what they do with it. I love it because it comes back later in the movie. But I love it during that first session where she pulls up that line and she's just like, "I hope my death makes more sense than my life." And I just love. I love his rapport with this lady. First of all, because uh-huh. he. It's this combination of, like, he does, he genuinely wants help. He's genuinely in pain. He is struggling. And he can all, but he is also very aware that this lady, like, it's not that she doesn't care. It's that she doesn't always have the capacity to care. Like, Uh if that makes any sense. Like, there's. No, I totally get you. Like, everything fucking sucks. So sometimes she doesn't have the capacity to care about him. Uh-huh. And so you have, like, those great lines where he's, like, he is talking about his problems, and then he just goes, you never fucking listen to me. Because it's, even in that conversation, he's not, he's not, like, angry at her. And she's not being mean to him. Uh-huh. But they, he's just so fed up with this system that doesn't work. Even if it's not being malicious, it doesn't fucking work. Right. And he's tired of it, and she's also tired of it from the other side of the table. Uh-huh. It's yeah, I mean... good. <laughs> yeah. I also want to say that the, the set piece of the stairs fucking kicks ass. It's, it's so such good. a good location. It's and everybody's so been making fun of, like, people taking over that staircase in Joker costumes and constantly taking pictures of themselves and, like, blocking foot traffic in New York on that yeah. staircase. But, but still, that's the coolest <laughs> fucking staircase in the world, though. Yeah. I, I think it's so funny when they either use, like, a house or a location in a film, and then everywhere, everyone that lives around that location is just so fucking pissed off. And it's like, <laughs> right? well, guys... You let them film here, <laughs> right? You well, can't get I mean, mad it's now. a it's a public space. If you well, yeah. if you if that's on your commute to work, it doesn't have anything to do with you. Yeah, but what is like, it like the people who live in the Goonies house like fucking hate right. it when people come to take pictures in front of their house? Yeah, no, same thing with the Breaking Bad house. Oh yeah, that's only partially because people are assholes about the Breaking Bad house. I mean, yeah, if we're gonna still. talk about like bad fans, I think Breaking Bad is up there. <laughs> No, I don't think so. I don't know. The whole thing was that there's that gag in one of the episodes where he, like, gets frustrated and he, like, has this pizza and he throws it on the roof. And it's, like, kind of a plot point in one of the episodes. Yeah. So people have just been, like, throwing pizzas on the roof of the Breaking Bad house. And people are just like, fucking stop. We live here. This is our (laughs) house. We can't just have a hundred rotting pizzas above (laughs) us all the time, assholes. We live in a society. We live in a society. Um, okay, 
Um, but yeah, I don't know. What I was saying about the journal, though, is just that I don't like his, like, hyper-dense serial killer writing and his, like, outrageous misspellings of everything. I think yeah. you can have make him have a creepy diary, but don't make it Kevin Spacey's diary from Seven, you know? Yeah, yeah I think they do go too far with it, where he's got, like, things, like, cut out and, like, paste. They definitely yeah, go Yeah, he's got, like, naked it. women with, like, yeah. pin scratches all over him. It's like, okay, this yeah. is a red flag for anybody Yeah, on the I really like how they use it, but I agree with you. That, like, yeah, something. And it's just, like, in <laughs> passing. Like, it's not even a thing that's, like, it's not a plot point. It doesn't need to be there. And they're just like, also, he's got this fucking insane journal, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, the, uh, oh, I, also with the stairs, stairs rule. Stairs I was saying so in our Conjuring episode how they found, like, America's best creepy tree. Um, yeah. I think this movie found America's best staircase because yeah. it rules. Especially those scenes where you're at the top of it and you can just see New York City just, yeah. like, like out in front of you from the top of that staircase. Yeah. It's, like, one of my favorite locations in a movie, maybe ever. Because it's so... It's just so visually appealing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh... I, I really love that they introduce a gun into the movie. Mm-hmm. That continues to be relevant throughout the whole movie. Yeah, it's and the also, same gun. Yeah, and feels genuinely dangerous whenever somebody oh, is yeah. holding it or using it. Mm-hmm. Um, I God, I love that scene in the children's hospital. So yeah, that's my favorite. Like, I think that's my favorite scene in the movie is when he's dancing at the children's hospital and the gun falls out of his pant leg. It's like, yeah. oh fuck, and he, that's and no what, good. What I love about that scene is that he plays it off like it's like a clown would is a part of the act and you can like hear like some of the kids like laughing at the end of the scene right like, he played it off so well that when we transitioned to the next scene i thought he wasn't gonna get in trouble at all and then he gets fired because of it and i was like oh i thought okay like you know <laughs> right I, I don't know i didn't really get that vibe because i you see the nurses oh yeah. like really react to it can but, i just um, say the clowns get a bad rap because of it <laughs> And those one in those people that dressed up like clowns and murdered people okay. or whatever and stood in the forests to freak people out. But like, like when you get like, clowns are only creepy when you have like a creepy clown. When you have a clown that's going out of its way to be scary, and then it's like, well, yeah, duh, of course, because it's a creepy clown. But right. like when you just have like a regular ass clown, I'm just like, they're nice. They're being nice and funny, and y'all <laughs> are being mean. Right. <laughs> He's not scary. He's trying his best. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, the, uh, <laughs> I just made a note. It's kind of a joke to myself, but when he's yeah. visiting that comedy club and he's listening to that guy tell jokes and he writes down, like, sexy jokes are always funny or whatever. Like, and that never ever comes up ever again. Well, yeah, it never comes up ever again, The first of all. But the thing that drove me fucking insane is that they cut away from that joke before you even hear the punchline. Yeah. <laughs> like, this movie's so committed to just being a bummer all the time, they won't even let me hear a good joke, maybe. <laughs> you don't get like, any jokes in any yeah. context. You can if get you the have first your phone half out of a joke. And you're, and you're, like, looking at memes on your phone, it'll turn off the app that you're on. <laughs> Don't laugh. It's not Don't funny. Don't laugh. It's not funny. You uh, laughing at this, you fuckhead. <laughs> <laughs> and then later when he goes to the comedy club again, they like purposefully give you a joke that's like fucked up enough that you just have to be like, oh, that's not, oh, that's not funny. <laughs> like, 
Oh, okay, fine. I thought maybe I could laugh at a good comedian's joke maybe once in this dang movie about nah, comedians. Jackson, it's the 70s. Everybody's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> there were um, no good people alive in the 70s. Okay, speaking of comedians, though. Yes. You could make the argument that people's senses of humor have evolved a lot in the last 40 years. Absolutely, yes. I don't buy that... Arthur's set wouldn't have killed if he had done exactly that in the real world. Yeah. Because people would assume it was a bit because it's a comedy club. Yeah. And if you just went up there and you just couldn't fucking get over yourself over how hard you were just laughing and then you said a super not funny joke every once in a while, I think that would destroy at a comedy club. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what I I didn't get about it is that even if it wasn't funny... It wasn't so not funny to, like, play on national television. Yeah, no, that's a little whack. Yeah, when, like, the Joker, like, gets upset, I'm, like, I'm, like, with the Joker. I'm, like, this isn't even, like, funny from, like, a not funny perspective. It's just, like, y'all are just assholes. Like, what are we doing? And I get that that's a plot point, but, like, still. Yeah, no, I'm telling you, if this movie didn't exist and ruined this concept, Mm -hmm. you could totally do a stand-up set where you just get up and you, like, can't, you just, like, laughing so much at your own jokes that you say something that's not really that funny, and then you just add in creepy serial killer stuff <laughs> throughout. Yeah, yeah, everyone you, like, would have flip thought open it was your, a bit. And you, like, flip open your journal, and you see on the back page that there's, like, a cutout picture with the head cut off of a naked lady with pen scratchings all over it. That would be hysterical, and people be would be way good. into it. Um, I totally thought, um... In King of Comedy, they actually show you his whole set, which is really interesting. Yeah. Because there's some really well-written jokes in it where mm-hmm. he's he is telling jokes with, like, pretty, you know, traditional setups and punchlines and stuff that, like, mm-hmm. wouldn't be super weird. But they do also simultaneously give you a real insight into the fact that this guy had, like, a really shitty childhood and, like, was yeah. abused and is messed up, you know? Because mm-hmm. he just is sort of, like... He thinks he's just doing his regular comedian thing, and people will buy this, and it'll be funny. But he just, like, kind of throws out things about how his mom used to hit him or, like, horrible things that he went through as a kid just, like, as the mm-hmm. setup to a joke that has a real punchline and you're, is kind of funny. And you're like, oh, this is so weird. Yeah. Um, and I totally forgot which movie it was. I thought they did that in this movie, but they do not. They just purposefully no. don't show you his comedy set. Yeah, well, I like that with the, when they just show you, like, him, like, doing comedy. I like that he... Like, you get, like, he's just, like, not funny. Like, he doesn't know how to write a joke. Like, I like that. That's, I thought they were going to do that when he got on live television. I thought that's how he was going to give himself away, was that he was going to do comedy. And he does it a little bit, but not so much in, like, the construction of a real joke. He does it in kind of, like, he he doesn't know how to build a joke, and he finds that hilarious because his life is so sad. He's like, I'm a comedian, uh-huh. and I don't know how to build a fucking joke. This guy got hit by a car. Ha ha ha. Like, you know? <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, I, I really like the concept of the Joker just being, like, not, just not, not being not funny, but not being a good comedian in any sense right. of the word. He just doesn't and, have but, an understanding of how to yeah, do Yeah, exactly. He doesn't know how to be funny. And that's hilarious to him. <laughs> like right. it's 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 a very cool decision, and I like that they did that. Um, but yeah, and you know there are sort of. Uh, sorry, I just totally derailed my own train of thought. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, 
there's uh, so there are a couple of things that I think I don't know. Basically, my main point and what I'm trying to say is that if you worked at a clown company and there is a guy who made all your other employees feel uncomfortable and he got fired for bringing a gun to a hospital. And then two weeks later in the news, there was a story about a guy in a clown outfit who killed three people with a gun. I would be like, oh, uh, hey, yeah, let's call the police about this. Like, it just seems like I mean, such an yeah. obvious setup that I like almost don't even buy that nobody was suspicious until, you know, two-thirds of the way through the movie, you know? Well, it's because the idea is, like, nobody... There was nobody to call the cops, so nobody called the cops at the time. They right. only, like, they only start investigating it because it gets on the news and because of Thomas Wayne. But, yeah, I do, I do get... When they're, like, questioning him at the at the hospital and they're like hey you heard anything about this he's like no my mother's sick bye it's like well <laughs> right. well come on guys right when and i think i think the um i think the line of thinking there is that there was a clown killer so they investigate the clown company who has the clown outfits mm-hmm. and then that's when the guy says oh yeah we had this guy uh he got arrested for having a gun and he made everybody uncomfortable uh, yeah. I don't know what, why is that relevant though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? no, I, I, what I got, what I thought the subtext was, is that there's that this is a really shady clown company, right? So that they didn't want the when the police are like, "Yo, what's up?" They're like, "Oh, I don't know." Anyway, bye. Like you know, like they don't, <laughs> right. they're not gonna sell it out, even if it's very obvious that Arthur did it. They're right. not going to be like one of our clowns did it because they're there's no some snitch. other shady stuff going on. Right. No, that's fair. Um. But yeah, like I uh sorry, I'm just going through my notes. Yeah. Um for a while I started writing down because I was getting frustrated with how little agency he has in this story. Mm-hmm. I started writing down all the decisions he makes. Mm-hmm. Um and I wrote down like four. Yeah. <laughs> um cuz he we... he decides to like kill that guy. In the subway, right? That's sort of a... It's a reactive decision, but it is a decision. Yeah. Um, And then he decides to quit his job, and he decides to confront Thomas Wayne. Um, Mm -hmm. And then outside of the third act, when he's really... Like, he makes his big decision, which is to shoot Murray What's-His-Name and do all his crazy stuff. Yeah. Which really is still only one decision. He decides he's going to kill himself and or shoot Murray. Mm-hmm. It's just like totally in this movie he makes like five decisions. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I, I like still argue times. that that's a part of it though. Yeah. But I, I I'm not saying that's not part of it. It definitely is. I just don't I don't like that about it. Okay. I don't like the narrative of this just like sad sack who is so downtrodden and miserable that he's just the victim in everything. And I think in in its effect in the world, I think it just encourages people to see themselves as a victim, you know, and sort yeah. of gives a pass to people doing horrible things. If regardless of whether they really are, if they feel like the world has wronged them, you know, yeah, that's, yeah, that's no, the totally whole that. that's the whole incel argument about this whole thing is yeah. the the like victimized faux victimized guys on the Internet who think they have it so horrible being upset at the world. And this movie seems to make no no effort to do anything different than pretty much exactly that, right? Yeah. It's just about him being a victim and being downtrodden and having the worst life in the world, you know? Yeah. I mean, 
the difference is that this isn't faux victimization. He is True. actually a victim of a lot of things. Right. And But it doesn't matter because we, we already had this conversation. It doesn't matter what it's supposed to be. It matters how it's interpreted. But mm-hmm. that being said, I really liked how this movie handled his infatuation with his neighbor because... Right. I mean, obviously... He has a very unhealthy fantasy in his head about her, but it was never, mm-hmm. it was never gross and it was never violent. Right. The only thing, I mean, they totally fucking captured it perfectly of why I'm never nice to anybody on the bus because, like, literally my greatest fear and just like plays on repeat in my head is those is that montage of the Joker following her around. Like that's just, uh, they they nailed right. it. It's the worst. But yeah. like other than that. He doesn't he doesn't ever really do anything because of that. Like I feel like like he's got this unhealthy fantasy about this woman, but it never blows up into something terrible like it does with incels. It never turns to violence. Right, right. You have that moment where he like goes into her apartment, but even in that scene, it's not I guess it's just, it's not violent and it doesn't seem, he doesn't think that she owes him anything or at least it doesn't come off like that. Like when he shows up in her apartment, it really just seems like he doesn't fucking know what to do. And he himself kind of realizes that the relationship is a fantasy that he has. Mm -hmm. And he just, he's just like, he shows up in her house and she's like, I know that you are mentally ill, but you are in the wrong house and I need you to leave. Is there someone that I can call for you? Right. And then he mm-hmm. leaves without doing anything terrible. So I think they really handled depicting that kind of unhealthy relationship very well. And in a way that didn't right. make me hate the Joker. Like, they just uh-huh. handled it super well. And I feel like this movie does sort of engage with its cultural context in a meta way mm-hmm. a little bit. I feel like the whole idea of him being the Joker and inadvertently becoming a figurehead for this huge political movement mm-hmm. is is not by mistake. I think that's definitely part of what this movie is kind of trying to maybe say about yeah. anything. Um, and really, it's just, it's a little bit odd that that happens with a more like left-leaning radical segment rather than the opposite you know Mm -hmm. which is what it is in reality um and it's sort of i don't know i think this movie is just sort of i guess just sort of toothless i don't know i'm trying to collect my thoughts on it because like give me just a second okay let me let me come your words for a second. We can't we can't keep doing this. We can do the same bit over and over again. Um Yeah, I don't know. Because it picks it picks such vague and such it's either really specific in that it's something that doesn't apply today, or it's so vague that it could be anything whenever it's yeah. mentioning issues and problems. And the way that it engages with the sort of built-in criticism that always will have been in this movie is so sort of surface level and not really engaging with it in a meaningful way, you know? Yeah. I feel like it's afraid to actually be 
about something in particular because it knows that it'll it'll dilute its audience if it is, you know? Yeah. That's I, that's I, sort of my biggest beef. Yeah, I mean, and I get... I, I understand both sides of that argument. Being that if they picked a really hard side with something, I... It, that's what that's all that that movie's ever gonna be you know it's not like oh you're gonna lose a lot of audience like a lot like it won't it'll stop being a movie and it'll start being a political right like action you know and sometimes that's that's just how it's gotta be sometimes it do be like that right but it's but i also i i hate the just kind of I, I agree with you that just like kind of not talking about everything, but also talking about nothing just mm-hmm. so we don't make the conservatives or the liberals or the whatever's mad. Like, right. I, yeah, like it, there's something just so like cowardly about that. That really yeah. rubs me the wrong way. And I think that the response to Last Jedi is really informative, probably in the production of this movie. Right. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Last Jedi doesn't take a side, but it has a position. It has a stance. Yeah. And people just hated that about it. I mean, obviously not all people, but a certain yeah. sect of people just hated that. The and people that became, who are wrong hated it. <laughs> yeah. And that sort of just became the 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 whole narrative of the movie, right? Mm-hmm. And I think they saw that and they realized that like we can't we can't even try to do anything with this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Oh well, especially because of the nerd culture. Yeah, I because like, it's in the same culture yeah. and also because it already has such a spotlight on it just inherently because of what it is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's because it's because nerd culture is it started with the white nerdy boys. And they felt so downtrodden and so hurt by reality for no other reason than being nerds. Uh And so they clung to things like the Joker and Star Wars and then wouldn't let anybody have it because it was their security blanket. And then didn't fucking realize that, hey, there are real problems in the world and you're not as downtrodden as you think you are. And it just, yeah, you just have these, these flagpoles that nerd boys wave. And you can't, you can't even try to take it away from them because right. they are, they are the real ones. They are the mm-hmm. real ones being oppressed. Yeah. No, my sort of grand unified theory about like toxic nerd culture is basically this: it's that people like these things that are sort of, or at least were, sort of um, non non popular in the public eye. Things that mm-hmm. you could be made fun of for liking, right? So even even if you don't have any compunction about having this thing and loving it, there is a certain amount of self-consciousness about the fact that you like Star Wars, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Um, you like X, yeah. Yeah. So then if somebody takes that thing that you like and they want to do something that's a little bit different than what has always been with it, the message you can take away is that there was something wrong with it originally and it needs to be different because it was bad before. Mm-hmm. Which is what you're terrified of people saying to you, right? When you love Star Wars and you're used to being made fun of for loving Star Wars, so when someone takes Star Wars and they make it a little bit different, it's kind of like they're making fun of Star Wars. It's like they're saying there's something bad about Star Wars and that you're bad for liking it, so we need to take it and make it good again, you know? And yeah. I think that is sort of the mindset that leads to people being so zealously defensive of things staying the way they are because just because something can be different and might be better different 
doesn't necessarily mean that there's something wrong with you or that there is a problem with the thing originally. Yeah. But sometimes there is a problem with the thing originally. Well, yeah. I mean, even so. But even, even in times where there is, it's still... You know, they they take it personally because I think there is a certain amount of sort of, I mean, trauma might be a strong word, but trauma associated with being Mm. ridiculed for being attached to this thing, you know? Yeah. I think when someone changes something you love like that, it sends a message of that it was wrong before and you were wrong, you know? Yeah. That's that's my like that's my grand unified theory of yeah. why these kind of things happen. That's my I psychoanalyzing. Guess, I just, so what what I don't understand is when one like group of people is like mistreated or bullied or treated badly, that it, they like get into this mindset that no one else has ever been treated as badly as they have, or that right, or that. There are other people being mistreated badly because of you, you know? Like, mm-hmm. if you were if you were a boy in the 80s and you love Star Wars and everybody made fun of you about it, it's like, sorry, that really sucks. You should be able to like Star Wars. But then when a girl comes up to you and she's like, yeah, I got bullied for liking Star Wars too. Like, there should be a camaraderie. But instead, it's like a, you're not like me, fuck you, you know? Like, right. I just, I don't understand the, like, disconnect between, like, like that lack of empathy for other people who are, like, quite literally going through the exact same thing as you. Like, I just don't, I don't understand. I don't get it. I think that's a different sort of discussion because part of what defines a lot of nerd culture is its prominence of white male members. Because that was the sort, that was the demographic that a lot of these things appealed to originally. Or were literally advertised to. Yeah, exactly. Especially with Star Wars. It's not that girl Star Wars fans never existed, because that's a fucking lie. It's just that, yeah, it was was a boy thing, and gender norms were a lot stricter back then than they are now. Exactly. And the point of it is, is that... Like, that is part of the thing for it. It's this thing that me and my guy friends like. And mm-hmm. just like, just like you know, taking the thing and changing it when you make a new thing, having people who are different from you come in and also start to like the thing is sort of changing the thing in your eyes in its own kind yeah. of way. It's not just for me anymore because I feel like I deserve it and I'm the person who was was mistreated for, for liking it so it belongs to me and I deserve it more than you. And mm-hmm. if you weren't a part of that original sect, then... Yeah, you don't get it. Then you don't get it. Exactly. Yeah. That's... Um, and yeah, I don't know. We could talk about this forever, but... We could. <laughs> um, We're going to. The um, There's almost a joke in this movie. What do you feel about <laughs> when he runs into the, the automatic door? Yeah, that... See... I almost laughed at that, and I'll tell yeah. you why I didn't. It's because his mother just asked her. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And it's like, I don't know. It's a weird moment because your knee-jerk reaction is like, that's funny, a guy just ran into a door. That's always funny. Yeah. I don't care who you are, that's funny. I don't, I don't care who you are. <laughs> but, like, just, but then they just, like, play the dismount so fucking straight. And you're yeah. like, oh, uh, oh, okay. Well, I do really like that of, like, like, even when he's not a clown, even when he's been fired, it's like he's still a clown. 
it, I, I, don't, I just love how they play with it. Like, when they're talking to him, and they're talking about the laugh thing, they're like, is that a real thing, or is that a clown thing? And he goes, what the fuck do you think? But then he turns around and walks into a door. Like, it's, it's, it's good. <laughs> right, yeah. Like, it's kind of like, good. Yeah, I kind of, I, I get you. How they, like, play with the idea that he's still a clown, even if he's not a clown. And you see that in his mannerisms throughout the whole movie, and I right. really like it. That he is sort of inherently just clownish as a person. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of like, like that take, Even actually. when he's, like, running from the police, like, just the way that he runs is so clownish. It's so, it's so good. Right. Um, the, um, uh, I love that shot when he gets on the bus, um, when he's sort of running away from the police. Uh-huh. Uh, Oh no! Sorry, wrong wrong spot. When he's wrong. at the protest outside of the movie theater, yeah. where they're playing fucking modern modern times by Charlie Chaplin, like yeah, the most on the nose possible selection. Um, this movie, much like a the the nose of a clown, is very on the nose. Yes. Um, but um, there's that shot where like he is like surrounded by people in this clown makeup and clown masks, and he's yeah. kind of the only one who isn't. Which I really like, sort of in my reading, of the fact that he doesn't care that much. It's like, all this stuff is because of him, but still in this crowd, he's the one who's choosing not to engage with it, you know? Mm-hmm. He's not a part of it. He doesn't have the clown makeup. He's not really engaging in this protest. Yeah. He is only there for his own means because he knows that Thomas Wayne is inside, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I really just, in terms of the visual metaphor of that, I really like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I also noted that whenever he's fantasizing about Zazie Beetz in this movie, mm-hmm. um, she never has her daughter with her. Yeah, he, I noticed he that doesn't, too. He doesn't think about the daughter ever, ever again, because he presumably doesn't like that idea and doesn't like the responsibility of it. So he's just chosen to totally mm-hmm. omit it from his <laughs> from his fantasy yeah. world. And I mean, I think, honestly, here's where my brain was throughout the film, thinking about their relationship. Like, I... It was like, yeah, he doesn't. Well, after like realizing that it that it was a fantasy, I was like, yeah, because you later find out that he was severely abused as a child, and that's one of the reasons the way that he is, why he's like that. And so, like for me, it was like, oh, that's why there's not. That's why there's so many children in this movie, but also why she specifically is not there, because mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, I think what what that's why I first thought is that's why she's not there is because he was abused as a child and I think he kind of sees himself as a threat maybe I don't know I'm saying this out loud I don't know if I agree with it but like you know you see where I'm going (laughs) but he doesn't trust himself with a kid and I think yeah yeah he doesn't trust himself not to mess up a kid and I think we see that with that first shot with him on the bus like making the kid laugh and the mom immediately turns around she's like what the fuck are you doing with my kid it's like he. He's like, oh, I'm a danger to children. I dropped a gun in a hospital. I shouldn't. Yeah, you know. Right, yeah. But, and then I was like, then I thought it was gonna be, like, a circular thing. Basically, I thought he was, when he got into their apartment, I thought he was gonna freak out. And I thought he was gonna hurt the little girl to kind of, like, continue the circle of abuse. That's what I thought was gonna happen. And I was very happy that it didn't happen. So, (laughs) that's just where my brain was. Yeah. During that whole I don't know. Scene. Honestly, I just kind of wish the Joker were more evil at the end of the movie. Yeah. I feel like you never really stop sympathizing with him, you yeah, know? Yeah, I get that. 
And I feel like I wish they would have included something that's like really explicitly like, oh, that was fucked up. Like this guy yeah. is not a not a cool guy at all. I wish yeah. there would have been because, you know, at the end he he kills um, Murray, which is like real bad. But at the same time, he was also like a part of this whole protest, you know, and, this, and like, it's elite. like, yeah. He's, yeah, he's like making this grand gesture as like a figurehead so it's not it's not like a cold blood i mean it's it is sort of but in a way it's also not like a cold-blooded like evil horrible thing to do it's a radical and drastic and intense thing to do and many people would find it really horrifying but it still has like we we saw all the steps that led to that moment yeah yeah i feel like and you know it doesn't necessarily have to be him abusing a child but like i feel like i wish i wish there would have been a couple extra things that were just like yo he sucks like (laughs) he's not he's not cool um speaking of him being cool though i think it's really interesting the way that, like, the Joker look sort of affects the way that I interact with the movie as it's going on, right? Oh, yeah. Because once he gets the makeup on and he's wearing the suit and he very much looks like the Joker that I know with the green hair and everything, like, the way I feel about him when I look at him, like, totally changes. Because the whole rest of the movie is like, oh, he's so sad and, oh, it's... Yeah. Life is so hard for him and I want, you know, everything sucks and I want it to be better. But then, like, as soon as he gets that outfit on, it's, like, that much more high energy and you're less, like, downtrodden and, like, oh, so sad for him. And it's more like, oh, this is cool. This is rad. I like this yeah. guy. He's cool. Well, like, <laughs> It's him literally taking action, even if right. that action beforehand is to kill himself. It's him actually doing something. Mm-hmm. But I don't even necessarily think it has to do with him in the movie because even moments where he gets excited and happy and energetic like after he kills the wall street guys mm-hmm. when he's still just him you're still carrying that yeah that imagery of seeing him the whole rest of the time and when he puts on the joker makeup the imagery that you carry with you when you look at him is more like every other joker you've seen like heath ledger and like yeah uh, well, jack nicholson who are a lot more exciting and a lot more fun to watch on screen than Joaquin has been the whole rest of this movie, you know? Yeah. And because of those things that you're bringing with it, it totally, like, skews the viewing experience, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah. And, I mean, I think that just really goes to the power of character design. Yeah. And not to say that these guys invented the Joker, because they didn't, but the way that they choose to do the maker joke up... (laughs) Wow. Wow. (laughs) Holy shit. That was incredible. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) <laughs> i've been talking for an hour and ten minutes if i'm you sorry i'm sorry i'm so sorry the, please keep talking did about i say the, the maker joke up. joke up you said so cleanly you said the maker joke up <laughs> <laughs> am i dyslexic i don't think that's how that works is there something wrong with me <laughs> sorry continue <laughs> It's happened like four times on this podcast. I mean, uh, that's just something that happens to people every once in a while. That anyway. was just a spectacular one, though. I'm so glad we <laughs> caught that on camera. <laughs> you were talking about the power of character design, the way that they use the Joker makeup. Yeah, I just, I really like, I like it. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I mean, I just really like, it looks like, 
like, it doesn't look... Holy shit, sorry. It doesn't look like it's, like, affected by the Joker. It just looks like clown makeup, you know? Right. Like, uh-huh. there's, like... It, it It isn't derivative of any other Joker that we've seen. It looks like clown makeup. And, like, we literally we literally see where he gets the design from. He gets it from, like, the Party City clown mask. Yeah. And it's just, I think it's a really smart decision. And with his suit, too, I love that suit so much. Yeah. Because they're all just really, it's just a really basic suit. But it's got all those weird colors together. And it looks yeah. really good. Like it's And it's great. got, like, sort of a 70s vibe to it also. Yeah, it's, just color oh, I palette. love it. It's super good. But, and like, talking, know, talking about the power of character design, not only that, just how good the Joker design is in this there is definitely something like you definitely treat a character way different when they're wearing a mask and the makeup. Sorry, I just burped. You definitely treat a character differently when they're wearing a mask. And I know he's not wearing a mask. He's wearing makeup, but it has that same effect. It's like, Uh it's, it's dehumanizing, but not, but it somehow makes you relate to them more. Uh-huh. And I don't really know how to word that, but it's the difference right. between seeing Peter Parker and seeing Spider-Man. Even though you have the understanding that that's the same person, it just it it's completely separates them from whatever you thought they were before. That it just like it's it just creates such a new version of that character that you kind of have a double think. Of right. even though you know that this is the same dude that you've been watching the whole movie about, now you've got two different characters in your head, even though uh-huh. they are very obviously the same character. Right. And just speaking of, I've seen this sort of cinema sins criticism going around that's just like, what's up with this suit? If he's this poor guy who just works as a clown, why would he have that nice of a suit just laying around? But... I don't know. I think he's about to kill himself on TV. I'm sure he spent his rent money on a nice suit so he could do it in yeah. a cool way. Because uh, <laughs> he he isn't planning on paying his rent this month. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the um. But yeah. So okay. I wish that he would have actually been Thomas Wayne's son. I do too. I thought um, that was. I literally wrote it down. As I was watching the film, I was like, having this connection between Bruce Wayne and the Joker is really fucking cool. It's so tight, yeah. And then they were like, actually, no. And I was like, well, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and and on top of that, it's also, it really grosses me out that when they find out his, the story of his, like, abuse, it's that his mom's boyfriend, his mom's anonymous nameless boyfriend yeah. was the one who beat him, but somehow it's the mom's fault for not... Yeah, stopping it. Stopping I guess yeah. that grosses me out. I don't like that one bit. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't like how the mo- movie handles the mom because at first I really liked how they handled the mom. I liked the Joker's relationship with his mother, where it's like it. You you could tell in that fantasy that he has about being on the show. You can tell that he is a little bit embarrassed about living with his mother, right. but he also really cares about taking care of her. And I thought they uh-huh. had a really cool relationship. It, but uh, yeah, I don't like. She's obviously mentally unwell so much that she's convinced herself that this is Thomas Wayne's son. Right. But then, like, yeah, I don't like blaming her for what happened when she is obviously mentally ill in the first place. And then she's got an abusive boyfriend for just because it just because nameless boyfriend abused 
Arthur, it definitely means that he probably <laughs> abused her too. And it's just, right. yeah, it's, it's icky. I don't like it. Yeah. When it also, it sort of speaks to this whole fandom thing we're talking about in which like people who are abused often more so, if not equally so, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, as the people who are so upset about Star Wars, um, they suddenly become the person whose fault it is. You yeah, know? yeah. And that is like, I feel like that that bit with the mom and the abuser and all that is just it's so it's so much yeah. like the worst possible decision. Yeah, ever. I, I feel like you could have like even with the way that you set it up, where it's like, yeah, the. Thomas Wayne isn't his dad. His dad is just this, he's adopted and it was his boyfriend that abused him and his mom. Like, even if that was the conversation, I kind of would have liked it better if the Joker, like, used it to, like, relate to his mom and being like, you're just like me. Like, I would have liked that kind of interaction better. Uh And I understand that the mom needs to die because he needs to have no ties left to his Uh old life. Right. Like he had, he doesn't need anything to worry about, or else he's not gonna kill kill himself. Uh-huh. Like I get that, I get that she needs to die, but I don't like the way that they did it. Yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, and just like it, it just would have been so much cooler if it was yeah. like, oh, and turns out the Joker and Batman were actually brothers this whole time. I'd be yeah, like, and that that's because that scene tight. between him and Bruce is so good. It's yeah. really good. Uh, can I just say I didn't need to watch the Bruce. The Bruce parents die. I didn't need that. I know it's so funny. And why then, are the pearls part of it now? Why, I don't yeah, think that was ever a thing, but Batman now for some Superman's reason, Superman's fault. And that's that was already a bad movie. We didn't need because I is, think Tim Burton did the pearls first, right? Maybe? I don't know. Hold on, Martha Wayne pearls. I'm gonna see if anybody on the internet has done any scholarship on knows what we're the pearls. About. Okay, some forum post. Does every version of Batman's parents' death features Martha's pearl necklace falling apart? Give me just a second. Um, short answer is no. Let's see. Original comic version, no. Um, Super Friends, no. Gotham Knight is a video game. I don't know why they're bringing it up so early. Batman Show, no pearl. Well, duh. Um, well, they could have. Um, oh, Gotham. Never mind. Right. I mean, the animated show. Oh, okay. 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 So, um, Dark Knight Returns did the pearls first, which okay. makes sense because that's the biggest, most iconic Batman story ever. Yeah. Okay. So, so that makes sense. Dark Knight Returns had the pearls and now it's just become a, a staple. It's okay. I'm, and I think, and yeah, I think Tim Burton did it too. Okay. So that kind of makes sense. Anyway. Per- it still cracks me up, though, that they always have to, even when yeah. it's not relevant at all, they have to go out of their way yeah. to add the pearls well, getting ripped off her mom's neck. I liked it with... Which movie is it where Jack Nicholson is the Joker? Batman, the Tim Burton one. Is it just called Batman? What's the this movie This is called, called Batman. Okay, Batman. Okay, listen, the, there's 1,200 Batman names, movies, yeah. and they all have different names. Leave me alone. But it's okay, Batman, you're fine. I'm just saying that you're a fake nerd girl. Yeah, no, I am. So, anyway... uh. I really liked in Batman where they had the thing where it's like, it's the Joker that killed Batman's parents. It's like, okay, I like that. I like that you've I think that's that. stupid, but continue. It creates a cool comparison between the characters. It has the, it get, it, they have more of a relationship than just, I'm the Joker and you're Batman. But that, I kind of wanted this movie to do that. And they do it in kind of like a weird way where they're like, Bruce Wayne's parents wouldn't have been murdered 
if it wasn't for the Joker. So he right. does it in kind of like a like an inadvertent way, like just like some nameless goon is just like sees them. He's like, oh, I'm going to kill Bruce Wayne's parents because I'm goon number five and I'm rioting. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, I don't know. Because they established that there could have been this relationship between Bruce Wayne and Arthur, I really would have liked it if Arthur just shot the pair. Like that could have been the evil act. It's like, oh, he's evil now. Would have been Yeah, you know what? You're totally Bruce's right. He should have just shot him himself. And then, and then you do continue that cycle of abuse of children because then you right. have Bruce Wayne who grows up to be Batman, which is just a basket case in itself. Yeah, fuck, yeah, that you're so right. Really that good. would have been a million times better. DC, call us. We'll I write mean, on a the Batman one hand, story. though, I mean, thematically it would have been better, but on the other hand, I feel like if they did that, everyone would roll their eyes at it super hard. I like and, that. I like when the Joker kills Bruce Wayne's parents. Because right. like I like I like having there be more of a connection between Batman and Joker, rather than the fact that just one of them's evil and one of them's good. Like right. I like it when there's like a little bit more of like a history or relationship to it. Yeah. Th- that being said, it can be really dumb sometimes, but it can <laughs> right. be not dumb if you don't do it dumb. There's been Which- something of a of a fan theory going around that says that like. Uh, this Joker isn't really the true Joker because he's like 40 years older than Batman is. Yeah. So then like when he grows up and becomes Batman, there will be someone else who uses this Joker as an inspiration to become like the real Joker. Who's like a super like criminal, that. which is like, yeah, that's kind of cool. Um, except the thing, the bad thing about it is that now they're talking about doing a sequel to this movie, which just totally blows the whole point of it out of the water. Yeah. The, the, yeah. The point of this movie was not that you can, I don't know. Because, Listen, like, the whole DC reason... DC doesn't know what the fuck they're doing with their movies anymore, yeah. so, like, I don't know. I don't know, man. Because, We're like, at the, the point whole in history reason... where it could be good. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but the whole reason they're doing something like this is yeah. to, like, buck the trend. To, like, yeah. be really explicit about doing something unique and deviating from the standard superhero blockbuster model, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? They're going so far out of their way to set themselves apart and be different. But then if you go and make a sequel to it two <laughs> years later, it's like you're you're totally blowing it. I don't yeah. know. I think that's so stupid they should not make a sequel. That's the worst idea ever. Except okay. if they do, it'll probably be really good and I'll be even more upset about the fact that it's actually yeah, good. That it's actually good, yep. <laughs> um, the, uh, so, I mean, yeah. We're just at the point where he's given his speech and I still feel like it's a little too... I don't know, partisan, for lack of a better word, you know. Yeah. I still no, wish I, he was less less ingratiated with the riot. Yeah. I mean, I still stand by what I said. I think he's definitely put pieces together since the last time we've heard him, like, talk about his beliefs. And I really like, I, I really like how blunt he is because he's just, like, he's kind of been, he's been so passive with everything that now when he's got, like, a, now that people see him, and he has an audience, he's like, this is what I'm fucking upset about. Like, I really like that. And also right. that line where he shoots the guy is really fucking good. And I'll, I'll die on this hill, Jackson. <laughs> okay. Just okay, strike fine. me down. I will die on I this will. hill. <laughs> like, I'm not, like, upset that you think that. It's just very funny that you think that to me. I just really like it. I don't know why. You just felt it. No, it's okay. I know. I just, yeah, I just felt it. Like, it was... Like, I, so I sometimes I do like cliches. I think cliches could be used really well. Him just, like, having this, like, total one-liner and then shooting a guy on live television <laughs> is just so good. Right. 
And, I mean, just the fact that what he says totally just, like, wraps up the whole film into a big bow is just, like, also so good. I don't know. I just really like it. Right. I, personally, would have just ended the film with the TV screens. Yeah, I, had, I, I really thought that was going to be the final Yeah, set. which I think would have been best, because it would be like, and, yeah. like, that music would play over the credits, and it'd be like, oh, hell yeah. yeah. I don't know. Um, so I, 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 I think the riot scene is important because it shows that he's reveling in the chaos that he has created. I think right. that's important. I think we didn't, we don't need to see the Bruce Wayne parents die unless it's the Joker killing them. Yeah. Uh, I, I like, I like the idea that he gets arrested and put in a mental asylum. I like that. Really, I, I kind of hated that. I just uh, thought it was I, too much information. Well, I, I don't know. Well, because if they just left it at that, the implication is that, okay, and then, like, the Batman and Joker, like, him being the crime lord goes on. But this Joker doesn't seem like a crime lord Joker, you know? Right. Like, it, he doesn't seem like the kind of type to me to get a bunch of goons to steal a bunch of money, even if it's... Because it's not... It's not the some people just want to watch the world burn Joker. It's the the world is burning Joker, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, it, it just, it seemed out of character for him to be like a crime boss now. So I like that he's like just in prison again. And now he's like basically back into a system and the system like just has to deal with him now. Right. Like, I don't know. I like that. I don't know. Is I it still, too much I think... information? Maybe, but I like it. I think they should have just left it at the TV screens and then we wouldn't have had to deal with any of it. Just be like, That's what happens true. now? I don't Who's to say? Who's to say? Question. Probably he fights Batman. I don't know, maybe, though. <laughs> maybe he punches a kid in the face. Who knows? Right. Or if I, if it were me, here's what I would do. Okay. I would I would have it end at the, at the screens, but I would have one of the screens show him... Like some of the screens, it, maybe it could go on a little bit longer and it could give you a little bit of extra information, right? Yeah. The screens like, would show the riots and one of the screens, it wouldn't be obvious, but it would be an Easter egg for the real fans that yeah. shows the Joker like running away and killing Thomas and Martha Wayne. But it'd just be mm-hmm. a small thing. And so people who see it, who notice it would be like, oh, fuck, he killed Batman's parents. That's crazy. Well, but it wasn't no, like a whole big thing. Well, I don't like, if he's gonna kill the Waynes. I think that has to be a moment that we focus on because that's the evil act. That's like this is the Joker now, right? So if we if we're doing the tele if we're extending the television bit of him killing the Waynes, I would still want it to be like news footage of like the incident and people covering the incident, like I'm, like going going like farther into the future, maybe even establishing Batman if you really wanted to. Right. I, that might get too much into, like, saying up into sequel territory, but to just, like, follow, like, th- solely through the news. Like, what the news thinks is happening. Right. Like, just, like, going through the end of the story. Like, whatever it is. Just, like, going through the rest of it to, like, kind of tell us and then also kind of not tell us and then right. end the movie. I think that would be good. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just really stuck on the idea of having the We'll Be Back in a Minute song playing over the credits. I think that's really good. Yeah. If it were just like... directed by Todd Phillips. a little Monty Python. Right. Just a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. Monty Python's good, though, so... That's fine. Fuck it. Uh, although, I don't know. I guess I do have to say, of the very final scene, mm-hmm. the fact that he implicitly uh, 
kills that psychologist for no real reason. That's a pretty evil act that you could point at and say, like, oh, he sucks. Yeah. But it's it's not visceral, and it doesn't really feel... It's important, no. I guess. And the fact that we also get the kind of comedic shot of him, like, Scooby-Doo running through the hallway after it, too. Right. Like, don't get me wrong. I love the shot of, like, him and the asylum wear in the all-white hallway walking down the hallway with blood on his footprints. footprints. Like, that's super right. cool. Out of context, that's super cool. In context, I feel like it's kind of ineffective and really telling you anything. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do like just the acting decision that when he's laughing, when he's talking to that psychologist, it's like a really genuine laugh. It's not his weird, like... Yeah, like choking laugh. Either compulsive or like when he's at the comedy club where it's just sort of this like... Nervous Performative, tick. yeah. Because he's not like really laughing because he says so many times that he's never been happy in his whole life, which whatever. Um, yeah. But, you know, presumably that informs when he's at the comedy club. He's just like, ha 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 He's not, like, yeah. really laughing, but that's just him, you know, trying to blend in and perform the the laugh yeah. emote. <laughs> I don't know. Um, anyway, hey, and, like, what, do you want to know what IMDb trivia has to say about the Joker? Oh, I, I really, like, this is the first time I really didn't want it to be <laughs> trivia time. There's only I, a couple. I thought, I thought my clock was broken, and I was very happy <laughs> about it. Uh, okay, here's, here, I have I have three. One is okay. very short. Um, did you know Penny's nickname for Arthur is Happy? Throughout the film, she refers to him as Happy, but he's absolutely miserable. Wow, good one. <laughs> Great job, guys. We did it. We can pack it up and go home. Um, did you know that while rehearsing what he's going to do on Murray's talk show, Arthur thinks of doing a knock-knock joke and then pulling a gun out to shoot himself in the head? When he finally appears on the show, he tells a different joke to Murray, and instead of shooting himself in the head, you don't have to he shoots. No, I do. Okay. Instead of shooting himself in the head, he shoots Murray himself in the head. <laughs> Murray himself. <laughs> Murray himself in the head. That was that was the whole point of it. Really, it was just that I like that turn of phrase. <laughs> this, this this isn't trivia. These are sentences <laughs> written by people who watched the movie. Did you know? Body count eight. Possibly more off screen. Thank you, thank you You're for welcome. telling me that. Is it? I thought it, I thought it was only four. No, five. This person says eight. Well, because you have the three clowns, or the three the Wall Street guys, the two what? police officers. Presu- let's presume they died. They said they were in intensive care, but let's say that they died. Um, you get the, the one mom. guy that gets shot in the subway. Does the guy get shot in the dude. subway by the police? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got three Wall Street guys, two yeah. cops, the mom, yeah. the okay. friend, and the anonymous guy on the subway. That's eight. You're right. Okay. No, but also the parents. Ten. Oh yeah. That oh, I be don't 10. think. No, I don't. I don't think they're counting the police officers because I don't think they technically died. Okay, maybe. Okay, so maybe. it would still be eight Let's if say you count the lanes. Okay. I saw a video on YouTube the other day that was titled um, "The Shining Body Count." And I was like, uh, one. Yeah. <laughs> one. One guy gets killed in The Shining. I That's mean, not a, this is a bad video. You can I, talk about the, like, hundreds of people that used to be there and died. But, like, and we're right. talking about the movie. It's, it's, yeah, it, no. it's one. <laughs> one. It's one person who dies. 
Yeah. The video was also like 14 minutes long, which was really confusing. It should have been like 30 seconds long and that would have been hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like 30 seconds, like 15 seconds of a really dramatic intro and then just be like, uh, one, D- uh, Dick Halloran gets killed with an axe. One guy. One guy. Hey, hey, thanks for watching. Please follow me on Twitter and Patreon. Smash that bell. <laughs> I'm going to, maybe I'll edit this out of the podcast because I might want to make that video. I would think that is very funny. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're just going to make it? Okay, cool. Anyway, do you want to hear a five-star review of Joker? I do want to hear a five-star review of Joker. This is a slightly Please ineffective bit me. because there already has been one five-star review of Joker, Joker that was not Joker. That's a different movie. <laughs> has anybody done a porn parody of Joker called Jerker yet? No, because jerker is not a phrase that anyone has ever used. Adeline, it's like jerking off. Do you get it? No, I no, I get it. I'm just saying that that's not a word that people okay. use. Okay, if you were going to make a porn parody of the Joker, what would you call it? The Joker, but he's, his dick is out. <laughs> they don't even have sex. It's just like... No, it's just a, a whole a re- movie. Except a recreation that. of a scene, but except that the guy's dick is out. Yeah. Um... Anyway, as I was saying, uh, there already was one famous five-star review of the Joker that sort of just became a copy pasta that everybody knows. I'm not going to say that one, though. I'm going to say a different one. Oh, I don't know that one, but okay. <laughs> oh, it's the one where he says... Hold on. I'll read them both. Okay, so this this is the big famous one where the guy says, This film is my Black Panther. This movie empowered me. Oh, it helped yeah, me get yeah. over my rejection from the female known as Veronica, who'd rather date a Chad instead of a true gentleman who would treat her well. Amazing cinematography and a great performance from Joaquin Phoenix, who has fortunately moved on from artsy-fartsy hipster trash like her. Films like yeah. Joker are true art that often get misunderstood by filthy normies who watch the MCU kitty movies instead of challenging, thought-provoking Kino like Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. It's definitely somebody <laughs> who's making a joke, but that didn't stop it from becoming a meme very quickly. Yeah, no, but that means he's achieved what he wanted to achieve. Exactly. Anyway, here's my here's my review. I was proud of finding this because it's great and it only had two likes on, on Letterboxd. <laughs> this person says, holy shit, what a movie. When I came out of the theater... I was laughing with joy from how awesome the movie was. The woman at the ticket booth asked me, what's so funny? I said to her, you wouldn't get it. Oh, it's so good. Oh, it gives me life. I love it so much. Here's the chosen one. (laughs) My favorite thing is that this review was posted two days ago. And he claims to have just walked out of seeing it in oh, theaters, <laughs> which is not is not the truth. Oh no! Oh, let's be completely clear. This did not happen. This didn't happen. This is made up. <laughs> if I you told me this it. was posted on the premiere date of Joker, I would tell you this did not happen. <laughs> this didn't happen. Anyway, my name is Jackson McMurray. My name is Alan McMurray. And this has been No Nerds Allowed. There are no nerds allowed. And now you know you got what you fucking deserved. You got what you, you get what you fucking knock knock. <laughs> Boom! There? I kill you. Oh snap! That would have been better. Even... What if Joker was just like knock knock, and we're just like, who's there? Pow! And just kill him right there. <laughs> yep. Just like didn't call even do us, that whole DC. thing. <laughs> just, call just, us. just kill him right away.